You're listening to the Small Biz Ahead podcast, brought to you by The Hartford. Good morning, and welcome back to another episode of Small Biz Ahead, the small business podcast presented by The Hartford. This is John Adeconis, and I am joined today by my co-host, Gene Marks, and Paul Warnagaris from the Tenio Group, and we are here to talk about cybersecurity and safety. How's everybody doing today? Great. We're doing good, John, and uh, glad to be here. We have, you know, I don't know, John, this is kind of like, um, not a very interesting topic, is it? I mean, nobody's talking about cyber safety or anything now, right? Not too relevant. I know, we, <laughs> we only talk about data breaches every day lately, right? Yeah, yeah. So uh, exactly. I want you guys to know that I'm, I'm talking to you both from a, a cave in Montana, because uh, I feel that seems to be the only place to be safe from any cyber breaches. So hopefully... Uh, you know, hopefully you start at the end of this conversation. We'll, uh, I can emerge back into uh, real life. I've decided you can take my data as long as you can make my online shopping easier and take my student loan debt if you ever steal my identity. That's kind of what I've, you know, accepted. Yeah, you know, it's funny that you say that. I, I feel the same with like, like I clearly have a, uh, you know, very, very sensitive to data breaches and data issues. And they're, they're, we're going to get into all of that. But, you know, you and I are, we, we like marketing stuff and I'm okay with a lot of my data. Uh, out there as long as it's used for the right purposes, you know, to feed me products that I would be interested in. Um, Digging into my bank account, though, is another issue altogether. So, Paul, help us understand, after you kind of decided you want to use data to kind of optimize your products and services for your customers, what are some of the things you can actually do to kind of make sure that you're you're keeping everything safe and secure or prevent people kind of from coming in a hidden back door? The first thing you have to realize is you're a target. A lot of times I meet uh, people and they say, hey, you know, I, I don't really have anything that anybody wants to steal or it's anonymized. Uh, but the question is not really, do you have anything that uh, anybody else would want? It's like, do you have anything that you would want? Because today, the most prevalent thing is really ransomware. And so it's not about, could I take this data uh, and sell it? That may be part of it, but it's could I take this data and encrypt it so you can't have it unless you pay me to get it back. So the first thing I would tell you, and and we may you know uh, come back to this time and time again uh, during this podcast is there's a couple of things that no matter if you're Fortune 500, Fortune 100, 100 users or one user, there's there's some basics, right? And and the basics have to be followed no matter no matter who you are or what you're doing. Uh, if if you're a big company, it the scale will be different. That, that's the only thing. Um, and so, number one, the first thing I would I would do is I need to understand what's on my network. If I don't understand what's on my network, uh, it's going to be hard to secure it. Uh, if I don't understand what's on my network from a hardware perspective, I certainly don't know what's on my network from a software perspective. And what that means is that I don't know if I'm vulnerable or not. So do I know what hardware I have? Do I know what software I have? And do I know what vulnerabilities I have? If I know those three, then who has access to the system if they if they were able to talk to it? Uh, is are the default passwords changed? Uh, who could control it? Likely, when we're talking about, and it's funny because I use a toaster as an example. Would you want your system to be on the same network as your toaster? The reason I say toaster is because I was at a security conference oh, about five years ago now, and I heard somebody from DHS say, "If you know, if if you knew what I know now, you wouldn't plug your toaster in." And so, uh, you know, it could be your toaster, it could be your coffee machine, it could be your laptop, it could be a printer, a TV, your Xbox, your thermostat, a doorbell, refrigerator. It could even be your car today, right? So 
so if if you don't if you don't know what's on your network, there's there's no way to secure it. Um, and so all of those different things I mentioned, what what are the uh, what are the administrative passwords to it? Have they been changed? Are they secured? Um, and then of course, you know, if let's say you have your printer, for example, and it has all these fancy features that that you don't ever use. Is it more secure to turn them off? So have you looked into the things that are on your network and have you shut off the stuff you're not using? Um, and and are you using the stuff that you are using correctly? And then that leads, of course, to the final thing. Um, do you know what your network looks like on a normal day? And the reason I ask that is because would you know what your network looks like on an abnormal day? So in other words, if you were under attack, would you even know it? What does your what does your network look like when it's in good health versus bad health? So understanding that you're a target because after the solar winds attack, uh, everybody you gotta assume everybody is compromised. You you really have to take some perspective as to what's around you, and and you have to understand what normal looks like. And and that's it's a it's a sort of backhanded way of answering your question because I didn't give you any specific advice, but those are the basic good hygiene qualities that you need on your network. Um, or, or in your environment, and especially working from home today, it's the things that you have to know. And, and so it, it's rudimentary, but what I would tell you, like say, for example, you're a small business owner and you're working from home and you know your kids are online, your wife is online, your husband's online, whoever it is, there's Xboxes, there's phones, all of these things are connected. Are you on that same network with your business? And and if you are, the, the best thing I can tell you is to segment it somehow. Maybe you go on the guest network. Um, maybe you create another SSID and that's the only place that your business uh, devices go. Because at the end of the day, if you don't know what's going on in your network, then you can't protect yourself. And, and it's definitely difficult, uh, you know, in this day and age where everybody decided, you know, one day flip the switch and we're, we're all working from home. So how do you do that? And and how do you do it securely? And 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 it's interesting because I've helped people recover from from you know some encrypted attacks, some some hacks. And when it's all over and it's all said and done, I I, I talk to the you know the CIO, the CISO, the CEO, whoever, and I say, is there anything I could have told you before this happened that would have helped you better understand what your risk was? Ten out of ten times I hear no. There's nothing you could have told me. Um, people will never understand what this feeling is like until they go through it. And so if I could help one person today listening to this podcast to understand what it's like that I'll have done my job. So imagine for a second that you come down and your uh, your laptop is encrypted. <clears throat> your server is encrypted. So you say, okay, well, I have backups. They're in the cloud. Well, they're encrypted too. Everything that you own is encrypted. What, what do you do? Like, what's your first step? So I have an offline backup system, but the hackers have been in my system for, for months. Before they encrypted everything, they deleted all of my backups. What do you do, right? And so that's the feeling that if, if you've never been in that situation, I just want you to understand it's real. And that's why we're talking about what we're talking about today. Because if, if, if you say, like I said in the beginning, uh, I don't have anything that anybody wants to steal, I would ask you again, do you have anything that you want? Does that make sense? It does. Yeah. No, I think that's an interesting kind of point of view. I think that makes a ton of sense. You know, what I'm kind of curious as is you you made a couple of good comments about like knowing what your network looks like on a, a normal day so you can recognize any abnormality and kind of getting a sense of like features that might be superfluous that you have turned on. 
and also you know the potential of setting up like different dimensions of that that network kind of different access points if you're you know kind of using personal versus business um you know mm-hmm. activity at home are how like how would you know so if i'm someone who just has a lot of connected devices and you know i'm kind of in a connected home environment or have you know like a phone a tablet a playstation you know the the gamut how do i know what's kind of on my network and how might i think about you know segmenting that is that something kind of like that the everyday person can do is that something that you really need to kind of get an expert in on does that require like different types of accounts uh so it's definitely easier with an expert i could tell you that much um if if you're really a, a small business and you don't have any it folks uh what i would tell what i would tell you is that you should segment right because you're probably not going to be able to see everything that's on your network. So the best thing to do is minimize uh, what you do have to watch out for. And so in that scenario, maybe you get a different access point. That that would be the easiest thing, right? Go go down to Best Buy and buy you know another wireless device, and that's only for your business. Or if you're a little bit tech savvy, set up another SSID. So you're still using the same wireless device, but you're logically separated and make it a point to only put your business stuff on there. And and once that's done, maybe it's a printer it's a, and it's a laptop, maybe it's four or five devices, but look in the logs. If, if you don't look in the logs, you have no idea what's going on. And And so for you to look in the logs, if you're working from home and you have your house on the network and your, your family's on the network, it's just going to be it, it's going to be a big mess because you're not going to really understand what you're seeing uh, and what's going on. So if you could limit that to the necessities of your business and then try to peek into the logs to maybe you don't even understand what that is, but at least you understand what you're seeing. So assume that what you're seeing is good, and then if it changes, assume that's not good. And that's probably the best the best advice I could give you if. If you don't have your own IT person, uh, if you do have your own IT person, I would absolutely talk to them about, you know, some of what we're talking about today. Awesome. No, that's great. And, you know, I think from from my perspective, Gene, you know, I'm curious to kind of get your point of view, too, because you you kind of work in, you know, this kind of remote world and, and your your business kind of relies on helping other people manage their data. Right. Yep. So I'm sure you have some questions kind of here too. Yeah, I've got a bunch of questions for you, um, Paul, about this. And and um, John's right. I mean, I we don't provide the kind of services that you do, but I have a 10 person company and we sell some cloud applications as well. So Paul, I'm going to put you. I'm going to kind of put you on the spot a little bit because you've spent your you know your life in security, and there's a lot of just security issues that come up among my clients and among small business owners. And I just want to get your take. You know, um, you know, just to, some of your advice. So let me throw out some some things to you, um, and and okay. give you a chance to respond. Okay. The first is um, let's talk about traveling. Okay. Um, a lot of business owners are getting back on the road right now, and they're starting to travel. So you've got clients that are up and about. You know, they are they're using their laptops, they're connecting into their networks. Uh, you know, they're using different devices. What are your thoughts on being as secure as possible when traveling? That's my first question. Traveling is no different than working from home. It's no different than working from Starbucks. Because, and, and be honest, when you're traveling, you may be at Starbucks. So what I would say is that you need to have 10 people, 10 person company. You have to have some kind of protections 
you know, if they're centrally managed, that's great. But if they're not, that that's fine as well. Some of the small business type of things uh, that I would recommend is Zone Alarm. That's what I use. Uh, Zone Alarm has has protections for mobile devices. Uh, so if you're on a if you're on a hotspot or if you're on a wireless uh, network at Starbucks, you you know that the the network has integrity. It's not it's not somebody's pineapple SSID. It's it's actually uh, Starbucks. Um, if if you download an app, it protects you for things like that. And then Zone Alarm does the same thing for your laptop as well. Uh, gives you that uh, anti ransomware, anti phishing type of thing. I mean, it's come to the point where you get a text. Uh, some of them you could tell are are really ridiculous, but some of them you're like, is this legit or is this not legit? How do I find out? Well, if I click on it, I find out. Well, if you click on it, you also could just compromise yourself right there just with a single click. So how, you have to have some kind of controls on your laptop. Windows is, is you know, it's a firewall. They have some, some decent uh, threat, but threats are way advanced more than Microsoft. Microsoft has to have security because uh, they, they can't sell their product without it, but by no means are they up to the challenge with, with the generation of threats that we're facing today. So figure out some kind of security phones and, and endpoint. Um, Zone Alarm is a good one. There's other ones out there. Zone Alarm is what I use. Though. Great. All right, that's good advice. And and while still on that topic, so when you travel, do you um, do you connect to like the Starbucks Wi-Fi or the airport Wi-Fi, or do you tend to connect more to your own mobile hotspot? Not in a million years. I I just don't do it. I mean, and and it's just me. It's it's much more, you know, it's much easier to connect to a a, a Wi-Fi, and it's it's probably cheaper too. And it's funny because I have uh, you know I work with colleagues, and they're in the same industry I am, and they come in and they're like, what's the password for the wireless? Uh, I don't know, and I don't care because I'm not getting on it. Uh, I have protections that protect me against if something bad were to happen on there. Mm. But absolutely, I would use my phone every chance I get. All right, that's very that's very helpful. All right, let's talk about passwords. <laughs> um, okay. What are your thoughts for protecting your network with with you know what is some good password management you know practices? Sixty four characters. Sixty four characters. Holy mackerel. <laughs> That's like a book. So that's that's the new that yeah that's the new government uh, recommended standard. Um, they're just rolling it out. So, but what that means really is password safe. It doesn't mean password, right? So if you're not using a password safe today, you're doing yourself a disservice because when uh, when you know Yahoo or a bridal registry that you signed up for uses the same password as your as your work account, your work account is now compromised, and so you should never have you should never use the same password twice. Uh, and, and the reason they're going to 64 characters is because it's easy to remember. So you could think of a phrase or a sentence and you could type that out with spaces and punctuation. And with, with technology today, you can't really crack a 64 character password in any relevant time period. So it, that, that's, what, that's what the government's going to. I, I, I expect private industry will follow shortly. But once again, this simply means password safe. And the password safes are, uh, they're good because they're, you know, they're mobile. They're on your, on your laptop. They're also on your phone. They're everywhere that you are. And I, I don't ever type passwords in anymore. I mean, it's just copy and paste. Yeah, I use um, Keeper. Is it Keep or Keeper? I forget. that. Um, uh, there's, there's a bunch. There's PassKeep. Yeah, um, I, I, I'm a Mac user, so I use 1Password. Right. Um, but 
you know, I mean, and, and I wouldn't, I wouldn't look for a free one here, to be honest with you. Um, you know, it's like, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't buy my parachute on eBay. Um, or I wouldn't buy it from Walmart, right? I would buy it from someplace reputable. Um, not that those places aren't, but you know, I don't want a discount on my parachute and I don't want a discount on my password safe. I want to know that these guys are doing the right things. Um, and they take security seriously and, and you need money to do that. The free, the free ones, um, I wouldn't put all my my passwords in a free password safe. You know, what mm-hmm. is your take on on kind of the VPN? So I feel like, you know, I remember those from years ago and, and now when we work remote, kind of in a pure business environment. But folks are now, you can kind of buy access to VPNs online to kind of like keep your personal data more secure. Like, do you find that to be a good practice, you know, when you think of kind of these, I guess, I don't know if aftermarket's the right term, but kind of consumer-facing you know, companies now that are selling that service or access to their service? Yeah, it's funny. I, I mean, I personally don't use it, but, but it's interesting because you'll get somebody who uses uh, a VPN for anonymity and then they're on, on Google logged into Facebook and, you know, with tracking pixels everywhere. So, uh, I mean, it's, it's gonna, it's gonna make you anonymous, but like, I think part of the, the bigger problem is you're already being tracked before you get to the VPN. Um, so if, if you're really, if you're really interested in that, it's more than just VPN. It's just basically good security hygiene, uh, which means, you know, don't, this is hard to do. You know, when you go to log in, it says log in with your Facebook, log in with your Google, right? Well, there's a single password, just like I was saying. So if that password is compromised, number one, you have a problem because all of these sites were just compromised. But number two, that that's also how you're tracked. So if you're really concerned about anonymity, um, you need to do more than just, just the VPN. Uh, you need to, you need to, you know, maybe use a different browser. Don't stay logged into sites. Uh, go incognito if you want to use Chrome. Th- those types of things. I don't find, I don't find it all that beneficial. But then again, I'm, I, I take the security hygiene to another level. I'm pretty anal about what I do on my uh, laptop, top, what I'm plugged into, what I'm logged into, et cetera, et cetera. Paul, I still have a few a, a few other things I want to I want to run by you and get your advice on. Um, one of them is uh, multi-factor authentication. Um, what are your thoughts okay. on multi-factor authentication when it comes to securing your network? So it, it's harder to to breach when there's multi-factor. Uh, but the misnomer about multi-factor is that you need to to have something and know something. Uh, so, for example, if you are using a, a you know, SMS code as your two factor, you log in with your username, you log in with your password, somebody sends you the SMS message, you type it in, and now you're good to go. So now you would think, well, nobody else could could log in like that. But the funny part is, is that once you get that, uh, that SMS code, basically what your computer does is put you into some kind of session cookie or browser cookie, and, and it's encrypted. But if you have that, that cookie, you basically could could paste that in using you know Chrome Developer Tools. I don't I don't need to know your username. I don't need to know your password, and I don't need to know your SMS text that only lasts for sixty seconds. All I need is the cookie. So once again, if you click on the wrong thing and that that cookie gets hijacked, you, you don't need a login. So what I would say about two factor is doesn't make it harder. Yes, doesn't make you bulletproof. No, right. uh, if somebody wants what you have, they will absolutely. They, they will get it. Two-factor won't help. Yeah, it's, you know, none of this stuff that we're talking about right now, there's, there's it, nothing's 100%. 
I think all we're trying to do is just make it more difficult for you know for the hackers. Uh, so that then I recommend two factor everywhere. Yeah, they just sort of you know giving them the ability to sort of pass us by and try to look for you know you know easier pickings. Paul, yep. let's talk about ransomware again. I mean, that was you brought it up earlier. Okay. Obviously, it's a lot in the news as we're recording this. The whole Colonial Pipeline thing happened. You know, it shut down energy <laughs> supplies in the East Coast, and that was just one case out of many. Um, the FBI uh, recently uh, said that ransomware, you know, you took about four billion dollars worth of payments ransomware makers um, last year alone. Um, I've had many clients that have been affected by it. I had one client that actually was not only affected by it, Paul, but was given an 800 number to call, a toll-free number to call the ransomware's customer service to help them pay the yeah. ransom. That's how yeah. crazy yeah. Yeah, this, this stuff has gotten. So can you tell our listeners, give us some advice. We can't be completely protected from ransomware, but what, what are some of the things we can do to limit our exposure? Um, never click on a link, ever. And and um, what does that mean? What do you mean never click on? I mean, I get links all the time emailed to me. I know. You know, I mean, I know. So what? Do, I'm never clicking on. I mean, what if it's a link that's it? It it says clearly, you know, it's it's you know CNN.com or you know thehartford.com. <laughs> you know, something that's like a clear you know URL. Is that is that okay? So if it's on the internet, it's got to be true, right? And it came from the internet. <laughs> so I mean that's that's a that's a joke, obviously. Um, and and so some of the the best uh, best hacks that I've seen are are better impersonation of like OneDrive, for example, mm. um, than than OneDrive sends out. Like they're they're meticulous. You can't tell the difference. I can't tell the difference. I, I have to take fifteen minutes mm. uh, to to look at it. And it came from a trusted source. It came from my boss. It's got to be good, right? I'm gonna click on it. Don't click on it. So you could do two things. One is if your boss sent you a link, you could call them and say, hey, did you just send me a link? Okay, now I, I, I verified the link out of band. I could, I could now click on it. Number two, if the Hartford sends you a link, log into the Hartford and find out what they were sending you. Don't click on the link because the bad guys know exactly what the Hartford sends. They mimic exactly what the Hartford does. So they could just think about it. If they send it out to a million people and only 10% click on the link, that's a fair amount of people that were just compromised. And so they spend a lot of time on trying to mimic what legitimate businesses do. I don't ever click on links. And it's funny because I'll start, I'll start a fight with, with a company because they sent me a link and, and I'll just, you know, I'll just go off on them. And it, it's probably not the best thing to do, but when I'm bored, it's, it's what I do for fun. So um, yeah, don't, don't click on links. Honestly, it, it makes it harder, but um, you said, how do you protect yourself? Sure. Well, that's how. You don't, okay. you don't click on links. Um, how about SMS? Go by ahead, the way, going. SMS or email, because SMS is the same thing now. One single click, and they could do many different things to your phone if there's if there's no security protection. So literally, just clicking is all you have to do. Not not click and close because you messed up. Don't click. All right. Um, besides not clicking on links, which which is extreme, I'm not saying it's wrong. It's just it's like wow, yeah. that's that's really wild. Yeah. What else? How about how about upgrading your operating systems? Do you find a lot of clients remiss in doing that? Yeah. So like that goes back to the you know the six steps I originally talked about: hardware and software. The third one was vulnerability management. Yeah. If the I mean, other than having visibility, the the best thing you could do is always stay up to date. Um. You know, often there there's attacks out there that are called zero day, 
Um, but for the most part, that you you have to be targeted for that. You, you're not gonna. There's not gonna be. They're not gonna waste a zero day on you know a ten person shop, right? Unless you're a ten person shop that has all of the insurance company's data, then you may be a target. Um, but keeping your systems up to date, no matter what it is, if it's your toaster or if it's your laptop, if there's a firmware update, if there's an iOS update, you should update immediately. That that'll be the the number one best thing that you could do as a small business um, is, is is stay up to date with with manufacturer recommendations. How about um, how about backing up, Paul, as a as a way to protect yourself from ransomware? I, I I have some clients that say to me like, hey, you know, I've got an online backup. If I ever get a ransomware attack, we'll just get rid of everything and restore from our last backup. Does that make sense to you? Uh, sure. If if your backup's still there, uh, I just had a customer who we, we just met recently, but they, they weren't fully implemented with, with the protections uh, yet. And, and they basically, they got ransomware. And the first thing that happened is all the shadow copy backups and all the cl cloud backups were deleted. So if, if, if backup is your only, only you know, silver bullet to recovery and you don't do anything else, um, you might find yourself in a predicament. Paul, the the your company, and it is. Uh, please correct me if I'm mispronouncing it, but it's the Tenio Group, correct? Tenio Group, yes. Right. Okay, and that is the TenioGroup.com. T H E T E N E O Group.com. I have to ask you. You guys have numerous offices around the country. Um, you deal with mm -hmm. businesses that are both small and large. Um, it, mm -hmm. if, if when you walk into a prospective new client, a small business, what, what are you looking for first? What is like sort of the, the low hanging fruit that you, you say to this prospective client, you need to do X, Y, and Z immediately that you, you, you frequently, that you frequently say. So, so I'm not trying to dodge your question. And, and okay. if I do, just, just let me know. But the first thing I want to do is understand if the, the organization I'm talking to knows they need security. If, if they don't know that they need security, there's so many companies out there that, that I need to go and visit instead. Like, I'm not in the business of convincing you that you need security. If you don't know, um, then, then I'm, I'm wasting my time because it's like insurance. Like, do I really need insurance? I only need it if I need it, right? And the same with security. But, but number one is, what are the assets on your network? Do you know? Like, that's a simple thing to do. If you don't know that, then you don't know anything else, right? You don't know what software is on there. You don't know what vulnerabilities you have. You don't know if they're hardened. And you certainly don't know what traffic is going through your system. So those are the low-hanging fruits. What do you have on your network physically? What do you have on your network logically? Do you patch? Are things patched? Could you show me that things are patched, not just are they? Um, then, then who you know are the basic default configurations still there, or or have they changed or been hardened? Um, and and then just visibility, like do you know what's going in out of your network? Should your printer be talking to China, or should it be talking to Atlanta? You know what I mean. And so if it, if it's talking to Atlanta every day, and then one day it talks to China, would you know that? And so. Those are the basics. That's that's what I would say. Uh, I try to find out, and and then I would try to you know get the understanding of yes, we know, um, but but we don't have a policy, and and it's not it's not reported to the to the business owner or the you know the uh, subject matter owner 
And so that's the maturity level, right? So it's one, do you implement controls and then how mature are they? That's basically how I focus on uh, meeting a new customer. Yeah, you know, it's it's really is um, a matter of making an investment as well. And you're 100% right. If people don't realize at this point that they need, uh, you know, ongoing security for their networks, uh, they're, they're just, it's like you're not just living in the century. And, and, I, and I have to say, Paul, and I'll wrap this up, but it is a, uh, it's just a must for small business owners. Um, it's you know you buy insurance, you hire a financial you know, person, you you know you have a payroll service. You, you really need to have a relationship with an IT firm, particularly one that specializes in security. Um, so, Paul, thank you so much for joining us. We've been talking with Paul uh, Warnagaris. Paul is the CEO at uh, the Tenio Group, uh, a security and IT firm with offices around the country. His website, again, is theteneogroup.com, T-H-E-T-E-N-E-O-G-R-O-U-P.com. All really interesting stuff. So thank you. On behalf of uh, myself and my esteemed co-host, John Adaconis, uh, you have been listening to the Hartford Small Biz Ahead podcast. If you need advice, help, uh, any type of tips and a lot of content to help you run your small business, visit us at smallbizahead.com or sba.thehartford.com. My name is Gene Marks. Thanks for joining us, and we will see you again next time. Take care.